everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff and I'm your host. I'm the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorced Girl Smiling, a media company comprised of a website, podcast, mobile app, and a list of great divorce professionals. I think anyone listening can agree that we all want to raise healthy children, whether you're married or you're a single parent, or obviously if you're divorced, everyone has that one common goal. And divorce can be really, really hard, especially if you are still angry with your ex or you have resentment or he or she is the one who wanted to leave and maybe left for someone else. And you know what? It is not easy to raise your children and co-parent when you have all those negative feelings. So today I want to address raising healthy children and my guest is going to offer 10 tips in raising healthy children through divorce. Great, great guest. His name is Michael Cohen. Hi, Michael. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for having me over. Thanks so much for taking time to do this. Michael is a divorce mediator and he is a retired business executive who worked for what Michael like 30 plus years Correct. in the corporate world he used a lot of mediation skills in his work but the reason Michael became a divorce mediator is because he went through an extremely litigious divorce and has kids and wanted to almost do this, right, Michael? Like give back by going into this profession to help people get divorced easier and co-parent in a happier, healthier way. Yeah, 100%. Uh, when I went through this, it was very frustrating and new, and I knew it could be done better, and I wanted to help people get through it in a better way. I want to also add that he didn't just put up a shingle. He has a divorce mediation certification from Northwestern University. So he knows what he's doing. He's a great guy. Michael, in the time that we've known each other, a few months, I really have gotten a taste of what you're like. And I, I'm sure you do an amazing job. Yeah, so. I, I love it. I work with so many couples right now, and it gives me so much satisfaction to help them and and help them to guide them really to help them get through it better understand their options and do a better job through their divorce so michael wrote this article for divorce girl smiling at the beginning of the article you wrote how do you want your children to view you post-divorce a as two adults who can't stand the sight of each other or as mom and dad two people who created them together who still love them together and want the best for them? The answer is extremely obvious. So let's get into this and tell me before we get to the tips, why is co-parenting so hard for people? It's, I mean, we all know divorce is extremely stressful and there's so much conflict between the spouses that sometimes they think that the, the priority is their happiness or their feelings with their spouse. Um, we all know and we look at assets in a marriage and we look at all the finances and we think that's the most important thing and everybody wants to usually fight for or protect themselves and get the most for themselves. But we forget that the most important assets that we have are our children. 
And because we forget that, we don't focus on that. And it really takes proactive thought to do the right thing and do it on a regular basis. And sometimes you have to adjust because you react emotionally. But when you do think about them all the time, you could then put them first and realize they're as important, if not more important than the rest of your assets. And you and I are both divorced, so we went through this. But what I want to tell my listeners is if you don't put your children first on something or you make a mistake or you feel like a bad parent because you're being selfish, I don't want anyone listening to think that we think you're a selfish person. Everyone who's going through a divorce is not their best version of themselves. So, of course, you're going to be selfish. Of course, you're going to be narcissistic. Like everyone always says, oh, I'm divorcing a narcissist. Well, most of them aren't narcissists in general. They're just narcissists at that time because when you're going through a divorce, you're struggling. And so Michael and I are doing this podcast to help you to show you what is a good way to raise your children while you're going through a divorce so you can see it. Because a lot of times you just can't see it because you're just so enthralled in the divorce. Right. And a lot of these things on this list that we'll talk about, we talk about in mediation and we try to guide people to think about it. Some of the items on this list are higher end. You know, you may never do it, but we're just raising the bar so that you could think about how you could most and, and best focus on your children so that they're not as affected and they could be healthier through your divorce. So you bring up a great point. Mediation is about getting divorced in a less expensive way, a more amicable way, a faster way, and a way where two people, each of them has control over the settlement. But another huge benefit is that the tips we are about to discuss are brought up in mediation. So it's almost like a training course to your post-divorce life. Yes, it, it really is. And the mediator will engage both spouses to make sure they're talking about it together and thinking about it together. I always start with the parenting decisions first because that's the easiest way for me to sit down with a husband and wife and say, all right, we both agree, or we all agree, you both agree that the children are the most important aspects and you wanna do what's best for them. And it's hard to say no to that. So we do try to put them first and then we have really good discussions about what's most important for the kids. The following is a list of tips in raising healthy children. I'm going to read the tip. Tell me what you think, Michael. Well, you wrote it, so you'll know. (laughs) All right. Number one, regular updates to the parenting schedule. What does that mean? So we all know children change a lot, especially if you're getting divorced with younger children. Their lives change often. Um, And when you set up a parenting schedule, it's going to change. So if you're expecting that to be the rule for the rest of their lives, it's not going to work. As kids get older, their activities change, their schedules change from school to summer. So one of the things to think about is, should we set up a mechanism for you to get together twice a year, once before the school term and once before the summer, and readjust the parenting schedule so that it meets the needs of your children? So one example that comes to mind with this, Michael, is let's say a kid develops a new hobby and decides to try out for the basketball team and makes it. Now the kid has all these practices and maybe dad sees him on Wednesday and Thursday nights and he has practice. So maybe dad wants 
to be with the kid when he doesn't have practice. So things need to shift. Right. Right. And that happens all the time. You could think of all the activities that kids are in from right. young to to uh, to adulthood. We would have been updating the parenting schedule every three weeks. Right. And the nice thing is, if you do it right, you don't have to go to court to do this. You could go to court and, you know, and try to fight to change your parenting schedule. But if you're on good terms with your ex and you're working together, you could just make those decisions yourself, which is the healthiest way to do it. Well, I think this is what you learn in mediation. And then you can mediate yourself. Or you could go back to the mediator for one hour or something. Right. And we'll also try to put some language into the memorandum of understanding to say that both parents understand that schedules will change and they'll always be focused on the kid's best interests. So we try to set up a mechanism for them to uh, rely on. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pilisoff and my guest, divorce mediator Michael Cohen. We are talking 10 tips in raising healthy children through divorce. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue with number two. We'll be right back. As parents, I think we all have one common goal, and that is to raise healthy children. And when you're going through a divorce, that can be a big source of stress because you want to make sure your kids are going to be okay. So if you're concerned about this, I have a great person you can talk to. Her name is Rita Morris, and Rita is a therapist, a certified life coach, and a parent coach. So Rita's entire practice is dedicated to helping parents learn how to co-parent better. So she sees couples, or if you have a difficult ex, she will share strategies with you to learn how to co-parent with a really difficult ex. So you can find Rita Morris in the Trusted Partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling or at her website, apparentspath.com. I also want to mention a wonderful course So if you are at the beginning of your divorce and you're not sure if you want to go to a divorce coach and you kind of want something to do on your own, Holly Herzog is a divorce coach, a really good one, who developed this course called Stagger, Stumble, and Stand. It's a course that's an e-course. You can do it online yourself, self-guided on your time frame. And it's really wonderful for those who are newly separated. And it will guide you and inspire you and really give you so much information that will empower you. And you can find Stagger, Stumble, and Stand on Holly's website, which is graceuntethered.com. You can also find Holly in the Divorce Girl Smiling Trusted Partners section. Welcome back to the Divorce Girl Smiling podcast with Jackie Pilisoff and my guest, divorce mediator Michael Cohen. We are talking 10 tips to raising healthy children through divorce. And we're going to move on to tip number two, but I wanted to let everybody know, if you want to get in touch with Michael, if you like what he's saying and you want a consultation or you have some questions or you think you might want to hire him for mediation, he does work online, so he's in any state. And you can reach him at michaelsmediation.com. Number two, prioritize special events. Yeah, and I would call this probably prioritize unplanned special events. We always know that there's events that happen in our families. Most of them are happy. Some of them are sad. Weddings, graduations, 
sometimes funerals. And those those events should take precedence over parenting time. The children need to be there. Those are important family gatherings. So it's really nice for the parents to understand that. And sometimes that means it might affect your parenting time. And hopefully the two of the parents can work together to reschedule that. But the number one priority is help the kids be at the important family events that aren't scheduled and might overlay your parenting time. I have to tell a story about a woman on the Divorce Girl Smiling Facebook group who wrote a message to the group saying that it was her 50th birthday and she, according to the schedule, had her son or whatever, daughter, I don't remember, until six o'clock at night. And she asked her ex, it's my birthday. I really want him to spend the night. Would that be okay? Absolutely not. I will be there at six o'clock on the dot. And see, this is the kind of stuff that's heartbreaking to me because they were probably having this great day. The kid thought it was cool that his mother was turning 50. They might have been doing stuff with family, but he wouldn't even bend. And I think that is such the benefit of mediation. So if you can just suck up your feelings right now when your divorce is raw and get it done through mediation, the payoff is big in the future. And oftentimes in a situation like that, they may think, aha, I got what I wanted. But try to put yourself in your children's eyes and how much better you'll be viewed by your child if you said to your child, it's your mom's 50th birthday. Why don't you spend the night with her? And here, let me help you get a gift for her. And how much better you'd be viewed and how much your relationship would be better with your daughter. That scenario is how you raise healthy children. You just nailed it. Number three, allow your children to have pride in both parents. Yeah, this takes a little proactivity. Um, You know, try to find ways to always praise your spouse, especially at drop-offs and pickups. Just come up with something. Or when you're together with your children, just say, you know, your mom does such a great job at whatever. It doesn't hurt you to say that, and it shows your kids that both of their parents really still respect each other, and it makes them happier and more comfortable with the divorce. And then your kids will also treat both parents better and with more respect because they model after the parents. Number four, be reliable for your children. Yeah, every every now and then you're going to be late for pickup or drop off or something might come up, but do your best to be there as, as often as you can and on time. One of the reasons besides predictability, because children like predictability, is to avoid stress. If your spouse has plans and you're late and it affects their plans, they're naturally going to have stress. They're naturally going to be upset. They're naturally going to be on the phone with the children present saying, he's late again, you know, I'm going to be late. And you don't want your kids to see that. So if you're going to be late, you know, give some heads up and try your best to always be there for the kids in a predictable way. And, and apologize in front of the kids and say, I'm so sorry I'm late. I, I know you have plans. Number five, keep each other informed. Yeah, parents should always try to think about how they want to communicate. Um, And things come up. Um, Their schedule changes. Uh, Sometimes you get sick. Um, There's new commitments for the children. There's other things you can keep your spouse informed about too. What happened over the weekend that your kids really liked? Um, What are they passionate about? Um, You know, there's different things that you could share together so the kids know that you're both as well-informed as possible about what the kids are doing. And the more communication you have together, the kids feel that. We're not saying that you have to become best friends and talk all the time, right? Right. 
Um, but I, I would challenge people to do their best to separate their feelings with their spouse from their feelings as a parent. And when they're talking with the parent as a co-parent, to be professional, treat it as a business relationship. Um, just make sure the communication is there as best you can. Um, but if you can't talk to your spouse, um, if there's always stress, there are tools, there are apps that you guys can use um, that will allow you to have healthy communication back and forth to keep each other in the loop without the tone and the stress that you might feel when you talk to each other. And perhaps that's a healthier way for some people to, to keep each other informed. Number six, consider joint family outings. Oh, really? <laughs> Everybody gives me that reaction and I'm going to almost wave the white flag on this one, but I think it's something to think about. And I always hold this up as the gold standard and not everybody's going to get here and probably 99% of the families won't. But how amazing is that if on a child's birthday, you and your ex-spouse can take the kids out for, the, for lunch and celebrate their birthday together. Not everybody can do that. Many people cannot. So this is one of those high bar items, but it shows the kids a lot. Okay. I think you have a good point, but I think it takes a few years. I don't think that the family outings happen on day one or even in year one. Now I'm on year 16, but my kids and my ex and his mother and sister all went out for my daughter's graduation for dinner. That was a big deal for us, but I hope people don't wait 16 years for that. And I'll tell you, it was a nice dinner. Everybody got along and the two people who were so, so happy were my two kids. They were like in heaven that all of the people that they loved so much were together, being nice to each other, laughing, reminiscing. It was really lovely. Please don't wait 16 years to do that. I love that. And that's a really good point. This is not something that would generally happen in the first year or second year. But at some point, view it through your children's eyes, like Jackie just said, and see how valuable that is for them. This is their world, their combined world. If they could see it together, um, it's so meaningful. Number seven, share children's special events. So as the kids grow up, they're going to have different events, sporting events or uh, other events that they go to. Do you want to be the parents that sit on opposite sides of the court? Or do you want to see something better for your children? Um, this is another one that's really hard. I don't expect um, families to want to sit together, but my God, I've always respected people that could do that and show the kids that they're there for them. If not, this is a really easy way just to come up to each other after the game when, the, when your child is done with the activity and just exchange pleasantries, compliment the child, be respectful. It, it, it takes a lot of the overhead away from trying to show your kids that you two could talk because you're both at the same event. So take advantage of that. Just come up and try to exchange some pleasantries so the child could see that you two are both on speaking terms and are respectful and are there for the child. It's so good for the children. Excellent point. Number eight, never allow your children to hear your anger about your ex. Yeah, this is terrible if it happens. Um, and the thing that I would point out here is think about when they're in your home and if you're on the phone talking to somebody else, they could often hear you too. So just be especially careful when they're with you. Um, and I would even go so far as, you know, sometimes your family will back you up and share negative stories about what your ex did. Ask them to not do that when your children are around. 
Right. They're, they think they're helping you and they're trying to support you, but they're hurting your kids if they're doing it in front of them. Number nine, align on significant others. Yeah, significant others is a really stressful one. Um, you know, whoever has a significant other first, it's usually very, very stressful for the other spouse. Um, so take, you know, show some respect and um, try your best to come up with rules around how you could minimize that stress and and hopefully get your ex at least informed of what's happening. The worst thing you could do is spring something on them um, because they're going to have stress and they're going to be reactionary uh, in front of the kids. Uh, perhaps what's better is to make a point to inform your spouse ahead of time. I met somebody and hopefully within the divorce process you've agreed upon how you're going to work with significant others. If not, just show them the respect to let them know in advance so they're not surprised because if they're surprised it's going to usually come out in stress and it might be uh, the kids might see that uh, somebody's hurt because of that when in fact they should be happy that you're happy and when you are trying to hurt your spouse like if you said I don't owe it to her to tell her I have a girlfriend you're really hurting your kids Number 10, try to keep your children's schedules consistent in each other's homes. Yeah, this is one that might be hard to do. Um, certainly as a father myself, when I had fewer nights with my kids, I certainly wanted my own schedule to, to do things with them and enjoy the time. Uh, but if it's school nights, for example, and they have to get their homework done before they go out, you know, try to, try to live by the same rules. For one, it's good for the kids for consistency, but more importantly, it shows them that you and their mom are talking together and you're on the same page. Okay, Michael, this has been wonderful. Now, in the last paragraph of this, you wrote, when you lawyer up and litigate, it's very challenging to achieve any of these 10 things. So tell me how what you mean by this. What does mediation do to to ensure that these things are going to be followed to the best the people can. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't say ensure, but it'll give you a better chance. Um, in mediation, we get into a discussion on parenting and we try to work together and it's up to the couple to develop their plan together. So the mediator's really just given them instances and decision points for them to think about and then they come to a decision and we document it so it's their plan. So when they have conflicts or when they have situations, they know how they put this together. Um, oftentimes, if they're in front of a judge and a judge tells them what to do, they probably both don't agree with the judge, so they both never really align to it. But when they put the plan together themselves, they're more likely to want to stick to it. Uh, personally, what I do too is I try to bring out um, examples that I've seen in my life so that they understand why it's so important um, to, to do things the right way and what long-term effect it has on their children. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Great points, great information, great tips. Tell the listeners how they can find you. Sure. Like Jackie said, I'm at michaelsmediation.com or you could call me direct at 224-544-9990 complimentary consultation complimentary consultation and lately i'm doing a lot of complimentary extended coaching as well which i really enjoy so if you want to call me i'm happy to talk to you as many times as you want to make sure you have the guidance you need well i would highly recommend michael really i think you're exceptional at this 
In closing, what I want to say to everyone is that these 10 things that we talked about, they are not easy to do. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of holding back what you really want to say or do. It takes a lot of stress management, anger management. Really, it's not easy. And if you slip up, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad parent or your kids are going to end up really emotionally unstable. But if you can do these 10 things as much as you can, I promise you what you're doing now and what you're saying now is going to affect the emotional health of your kids for the rest of their lives. And just keep being a great parent. Keep the kids first at all times. And I promise it's all going to work out. If you want to listen to more podcasts or read Michael's article on this or read more articles or find my awesome trusted divorce professionals, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you real soon.